So, uh, welcome to the first episode of the Seattle Restaurant Podcast. Uh, I am Sid Suntha. I am the owner of the food cart Kutu. Along with me, I have... My name is Dave Storm. I own Buckshot Honey in historic downtown Snoqualmie. Oh, it's in Snoqualmie? Yeah. Why did I think it was like Skycomish or something like that? Because no, we're up in the mountains right next to the Snoqualmie River. Oh, word. Uh, I'm James Lim, and I own Watson's Counter. Which is... It's like a, uh, it's a brunch place, I guess. We're a coffee shop and roaster. That's our primary thing, and then we also serve brunch, which is more popular than our coffee and roasting program. So, oh, okay. So, so we do have one person that owns a restaurant in Seattle on the Seattle Restaurant Podcast. That's that's good. Um, so I guess you know uh, the. So let's talk about why we decided to start this. Um, I would say it, the one of the things was Dave posted a. Uh, um, Something that happened at his restaurant, and he's like, oh, let's start a podcast. And that was about the fifth time I heard that from a restaurant owner. Um, and, you know, I was having conversations with uh, Niles Peacock, and I was like, oh, my God, there's so many great stories that I, I feel like need to get out. I feel like so it's just such a, it's such a, um, a throwback to be like, oh, let's start a podcast. Let's start a podcast. And I feel like it talk, it's get talked about a lot, but no one actually does it. So, so after, the, you know, I heard, I saw your post. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's, let's start a podcast. And uh, James has a couple other podcasts, so that's why we brought him in. Um, <laughs> Leaning on James. That's fair. To do all the, the, the hard work stuff. Um, so, yeah. We'll, we'll save the okay, cool. good old Yelp reviews so, for later. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I guess, um, you know, uh, the, the plan for this podcast is uh, we'll talk about some stuff. We Wait, I don't, I don't get to say why I'm here? No, we, we already covered that. Okay. No, yeah, okay, oh yeah, James. No, no, why, no, it's why? fine, it's fine. I, you have four other podcasts to talk about while you're here. No, <laughs> well, I'll say my primary podcast is get you to vote again. Oh yeah, so oh. that's my goal. Okay, so so um, I'm, I guarantee we're going to talk about this, but but um, somewhere online, I think we uh, our goal is by the end of this podcast, or you know, in a couple episodes. I don't know. I don't know. I said the end, <laughs> but, um, but 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 the 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 goal is for James to, is to get. Uh, me to vote, and my goal is to get James to start smoking weed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sounds so like I, a mutually likely goal. Um, so, so yeah, I guess uh, you want to talk about some food we ate this week. Let's do it. All right, cool. Um, you you mentioned you went to Cow Cow. I did go to Cow Cow. I love Cow Cow. I spend a lot of time uh, smoking meats at Buckshot Honey, and so it. I love getting out when I have the time and eating other people's. You know, it doesn't exactly have to be barbecue, but cow sure. cow's a legend and uh, i had the duck and it was scrumptious and they're so sweet and nice and i really like i love that uh crushed uh chili pepper oil they have on yeah. every table yeah. it's so good oh yeah why, i, w- I want to overcomplicate it but it's <laughs> why, just... why why do you think cow cow is such a chef driven place like every chef i know that is their uh comfort food what do you think cow cow is doing differently than anyone else down there in the in the central I, I feel like it's pretty transparent. I mean, the dude's walking through the uh, the dining room with ducks tied to a stick, right. you know, and you're just <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> but I mean, I I mean, even my my friend uh, chef uh, Robert, Mike, uh, sorry, Mikey Robert Shaw, he like he ships it out. He lives in Arkansas now, and I've heard like you know he has people fly it out. Um, do you what? think? What? I'm yeah, not surprised. Yeah, cow cow is like it's always been like. Cause what time do they close? Are they open normal hours? Or are they open late? I don't know. I don't think I've ever been there late. I feel like there's something about it that's like just chefs love it, but it, I well, mean it's, totally it's amazing. The glow flavor. of the birds glistening yeah, yeah. with the fat dripping off them in the window at night has got to be sexy <laughs> oh, yeah. as fuck, man. <laughs> um, James, you did anywhere fun this week? Um, I did. Uh, uh, fun is kind of uh, the 
tough thing to say. So really quick though, Cow Cow uh, closes at eight p.m. Okay, um, Wednesday through Monday, so they close on Tuesdays. Got it. Um, I had a bad food experience. I went to Dave and Buster's on Saturday. Oh, no, Friday. Uh, it wasn't like we went there for the culinary experience, but we were like in the hood. What is it? What, what, what hood is? Bellevue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we were in Bellevue. Um, we had some business to take care of over there. And so we were like, let's go to Dave and Buster's just to like, you know. What, what, time, what time is this? This is like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Okay, got it. So we were there to like, look, go play games. But we're also starving because we had spent the last like six hours doing whatever. And, uh. We're like, well, we could save time and eat at the Chipotle underneath. And then other guys were like, well, Dave and Buster's has food too. I was like, do we want to do Dave and Buster's food though? So we ended up doing Dave and Buster's food. So what would you guys order if you were at the DMV? Poppers. Poppers. I don't Chicken know wings. what Dave and Buster's is. Oh, Dave and but you know GameWorks? Yes. It's a, it's like that or like adult Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, okay. Adult Chuck E. Cheese. Imagine like Buffalo Wild Wings food at Chuck E. Cheese. Las Vegas in your mouth. It's very uh, Las Vegas, yeah. Yeah. But it's uh the food is much below it's cisco what do you expect dude it's not even it's like i don't i walked out of there thinking like how do you prepare food this poorly right so we ordered like i ordered like uh chicken tenders and nachos because in my mind that's like foolproof you can't mess that up right you can yep and then <laughs> my buddy ordered fried cauliflower because he also thought the same and then uh, another guy ordered wings and then one of our one of our friends was like i'm gonna do the uh the salmon and rice we're like, what do you, yo? We're at date, but yeah, the thing is, look around. Our servers right there, so we can't be like, don't do that. But so we're did, like, okay. didn't the server kind of give him a look? Like, nope. You know, when you drink eye. the juice, you drink the juice, right? So I, I would have been like, are you sure? Bro, all of our food came out. His was immaculate. I've never. I swear to God, that that salmon was more moist at Dave and Buster's than I've seen at like restaurants that sell it for like forty five bucks. Crazy. And it was probably the. It was easily the best thing on our table. Well, I, I'm gonna tell you why. It's probably because the sh- like there's probably some cook or chef back there that's like sick of dropping fryer stuff, and someone's like, "Oh shit, someone over order the fish!" Or, like run to the freezer, like blow off the dust off it, like and, and uh, they they probably <laughs> it's they the one just, thing that station got all night. Yeah, and, and he was probably just <laughs> yeah. stoked to like cook something in a pan, and 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 you know probably, they probably aerosated and, and be like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, it's not just dropping something. So uh, you give them way too much credit. Way too much credit. Yeah, I, you know, I was gonna say, you know. With, with places like that, like, you know, there's such a labor shortage. It's like, you know, it's it's hard enough for cool restaurants to find people. I, I can't imagine someone, like, someone like, God damn it, I hope I get a job at Dave Buster's. Right, exactly. But but this fish came out, like, flaky, but still moist. Right. The rice was good. It had, like, a good, like, tooth to it. It's like, what is go- what's going on? <laughs> I got so sick off my nachos and stuff. Oh, shit. I felt like, oh. I felt terrible the rest of the night and the next day. So... So um I I actually I just went to um what's the other place there uh Lucky Strike I went to Lucky Strike <laughs> yeah. in Bellevue for the uh, Lucky Strike is like Dave and Buster's except they think they're classy so everyone, yeah okay yeah. it's everyone just dresses nicer yeah so just it's just more expensive Dave and Buster's yeah but With uh, bowling so it was great because we uh, I actually went there for the uh, Via Trib and Off the Res employee party uh, my buddy brought me as a guest and I was like well since Kutu is a one man operation I'll just add this on so. So without them knowing, I made it the via Tribunale off the res Kutu employee party. But man, Bellevue's a trip at night. I probably haven't been there in fifteen years or ten years. Um, have you been down to Bellevue at night? No, I worked at a couple of restaurants. I was involved in the Great State Burger oh, Pro right, program. Right, right, yeah, so there's yeah. one of those in uh, Bellevue Square. And then way back in the day, I worked at Monsoon East. That's, oh. where, that's where I met Nigel. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. But um, 
I've I've experienced the whole Christmas like oh, that, that is chaos. Well, it, yeah, I've seen that, but um, just like it was, I think it was like a Friday night or something. It was like Club Bellevue. I've never seen so many pretty people in like nice clothes. Um, nice. I feel like just you know hanging out in Belltown and, and you know places like that, Georgetown. <laughs> you know, pretty motherfuckers. There's some in Bellevue. pretty people. Um, it, it just felt like I just I didn't feel like I belonged there. Um, <laughs> I felt like yeah, like and especially with the off the res people are just. You know they're they're the most wonderful people, but you know they're they're food truck folks. You know and yeah, and, uh, yeah. That's but you know I, I don't know if, for, if I should say this or not, but I was asking them, like, oh, why'd you why'd you come to Bellevue? And they're just like, because it's employee party, and we don't want to get eighty sixth anywhere in Seattle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they kind of went. Through, I don't think anything bad happened, but I think you know they're smart owners, I and mean, you have thirty five people in the food industry at you know one location with free booze. Like something might happen so that's a pretty smart move like hey if you're gonna burn a bridge burn it, it really lucky, is. lucky strike because you know who gives a shit and that, <laughs> that turnover is gonna happen so quick you burn right. that bridge new gm comes in oh yeah fresh fresh Boom. start <laughs> yeah. so what do you mean by uh their food truck people like i think it'd be interesting to know like sure. what's the difference between food truck people brick and mortar people pop-up people i would say well me and dave are food truck people um yeah. i will say the the first thing that happened when we walked into lucky strike she goes oh you guys look like you're with the food truck people and I was actually dressed very nice. You should be like, um, hey, fuck you. And, and, and I think I, I don't even eat out of you. I would never even eat out of a food truck. I want to be yeah. like, you look like you work at Lucky's Truck. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to get sued on our first episode. Um, but, uh, this is your thing. You get sued. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, liability. Um, so, so yeah, like, I think she realized how it sounded when she said it. And she kind of was like, well, because you guys are dressed so, like, nicely. It's unlike the people. I'm like, mm-hmm. But I would say food truck people. What what are food truck people? I feel like we're just used to um, getting so many curveballs thrown at it. I come from the music industry as well. I used to be a tour manager and merch guy and days from the music industry. And I kind of feel like it attracts those kind of people, people that like to, like, because you see something new every day. You're used to, like, curveballs. You travel every day. You got to be on your toes. Yeah. Like, you're out in the streets. You're in the weather. There's... Yeah, you're pirates. I would say food truck people are pirates. There we go. Okay, yeah, that's the best way to describe it. Because um, you work with some food truck people when you opened, right? Would you? Would you? Would yeah. you agree? Or yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, you know, it's it's funny. I, coming back to Bellevue, my first when I moved to Seattle, um, I I, st- I I left uh California. I was working to find dining restaurants, and and uh, so the job I got here was at a place called Artisanal in uh the Bellevue Bravern. Which is like this upscale mall. Um, I don't think it's doing great. Um, I think it's kind of a laughing stock. I don't know. Maybe I should have said that. But um, but but yeah. so so <laughs> by episode six, we're gonna burn every, every bri- single yeah. bridge in this city. Like no, we're gonna work we're, for yourself. No, no. We're we're, we're, yeah. we're we're burning one bridge, and that's the five twenty. Yeah, yeah, right. Damn. Just be always and always. then maybe the ninety. We'll yeah. have to take four hundred five all the way up and around. But um. But yeah, so 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 I got two jobs. I got one at the Bravern um, at Artesia, which was kind of a fancy restaurant in New York, um, as a second location. Um, and then I got a job at Skillet, which was the the food truck. And it was so funny because like I was so proud to work at Artesia because like it was a known restaurant in New York, and like I was into the fine dining like brigade system and stuff like that. And and I'd tell people like, oh uh, yeah, I worked at Artesia at the Bravern. And when I meet people, you know, I just moved here, and, and people were like, no, never heard of it. And they're like, oh yeah, I also have the side gig at Skillet, and like. Then I was just a rock star because like oh, when yeah. Skillet started, fourteen, fifteen years, sixteen years ago, like it was so punk rock. Josh Henderson, who we'll have on the show, like he's 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 a great guy. He's um he's he's out there. He's uh he does his own thing, and you know, I I love the man to death. Um, but we'll we'll talk about Skillet uh, when he gets on. But um, but yeah, it, it was just so funny. And and what anyway, what happened was uh 
One day I walked into Artisanal, just everything's wrapped up, closed down. Like didn't even tell the cooks, just just Damn. um just shut down. Yeah. So so yeah, that's my that's that's the I think the only time I worked in Bellevue. But it's crazy when you hear about restaurants doing that, like where the employees just show up and there's a sign on the door. Dude, that just happened here. With uh are we saying are you dropping names? Yeah. Drop it. I mean, I guess it's not a secret, but like the the Harry Potter bar. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. I, I'm so happy you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, no, Man, that, that's like, all over like local media, so yeah. I think it's okay to talk so, about. So, um, one thing I would okay, one thing I do want to preface like I'm not a huge fan of shitting on restaurants. No, no, for um, sure. And and I feel like the whole point of this to uh, and, and we'll come back to why we're doing this, but um, uh, you know, I but I think we should be honest, and and I don't feel as bad since they're shut down. I probably wouldn't say this much, um. If they were still open, um, and I also don't want to bring too much, you know, whatever. So, so <laughs> and they were just like crazy. Do you remember the whole pandemic thing with the vaccine thing, yeah. where basically what they said? So they were the okay for people. That wait, know, wait, the splintering that was wand a pandemic. Yeah, I was gonna say, dude. Wait, what? <laughs> so the splintering wand was a was I guess unofficially a hairy theme. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure from what I know that they hate the idea of being referred to as a Harry Potter bar. That's from what my understanding. <sighs> How could you say that? I think they're just like. It's like people who love D and D being like, "Oh, you also love Harry Potter." It's like, no, 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 right? It's like there's that Venn diagram is pretty. pretty I, I hate when people ask me if I like the Wu Tang Clan just because I did a Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so like, yeah. So during the pandemic, um, before vac or you know when vaccines weren't available for kids under like seven or eight, I don't remember. Um, yeah. They would say if you're not vaccinated, you can't come in. And people would make reservations with their children, assuming, like, hey, I'm vaccinated, but my kids aren't. And they would get there, and, like, they would kind of be rude about it. Like, are you stupid? We said, like, and yeah. like, they're like, well, kids can't get vaccinated. They're like, yeah, exactly. And, like, I kind of understand the concept because, like, you know, when you work in bars, people try bringing their baby in. And you're like, no, it's 21 up. They're like, oh, but it's a baby, you know. And I don't Which think honestly that... should be fine. <laughs> people need to chill. Well, do you, really, do you want a baby <laughs> at a bar where people are getting hammered? No, no, no. First of all, that's a parental that's a parental misstep to bring like your you know eight month old to a bar. Sure, but like, is the concern that they're gonna serve the baby? No, the concern is. <laughs> I love this. Well, conversation. yeah, no, that, 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 that's like, the, come that, on. Well, that's the liquor board. The liquor board is saying don't do this. If, right. If right. you don't want to rail behind your bar, you have to make it over twenty one, and there's just reasons for that. Yeah, so, yeah. Because you know, then it starts with a seven month year old, then it turns like, well, what's the difference with a two year old? Yeah. It, yeah. Like what's uh, the, what's that age? Right. Yeah. Um, you got me off track. Uh, oh, so so uh, splintered, splintered wand. So so yeah, just kind of frustrating, just the way they they addressed it. Like, and I'm not anti-vax, obviously. It just it was just like kind of a, it's a new time in the world. No one knows what's going on. Like, we're trying to reopen. Just like, just everyone be cool, you know. And um, so that was my my one experience. The other experience was I remember, um, in between before I started Kutu, actually, I think I was like, I just want to get a simple job, like a simple serving job. I think. They were, uh, they were advertising and looking for servers. I think I applied, and they do something that a lot of people do, where they look at my resume and they go, "Cool." Uh, they call me, they're like, "Oh, we'd love to hire you." And they're like, "Cool," like, um, "But we want you in the kitchen." And I'm like, "And I do front of house and back of house, and and um, sometimes I don't want to do back house, like for you know, with, with cooking, you kind of have to jump into it, right? You can't just like with serving. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to servers, but you can kind of like, you know, you can jump in, and it's not that hard." Uh, with cooking, you know, like I just, I just, <laughs> Damn, every, dude. 50% well, of the business. Okay, okay. Shit. I'm not saying every service job is easy, but like the curve, when, the curve when, is different. When, when you're a server, it's, you know, you know, dinerware and know like how to set a table and it's, you just kind of do whatever the, 
you know, with cooking, you know, it's, I don't know. Do you agree? Am I being? I understand what you're trying yeah. to say. So cooking, like with cooking, cooking is more hard skills that you have yeah. to like learn, learn, and right. then you, you can't more soft like, skills. Yeah. You know, it's you, can't, you can't fake it really. In yeah, the you kitchen. can't fake it. You can, I can, you know, you can fake being a server for a while. Um, but uh, so I remember they just couldn't understand. They're, um, they're like, I'm like, well, I'm looking for a front of house job. Like that's, that's what you're advertising for. And they're like, no, well, we just need a cook. And like, you're a cook. And I kind of, I remember I told them what my cook rate was because like I was in a really fortunate position because I was doing the backstage catering where my my day rate was pretty high. I go, okay, like if you really want me as a cook, here's my number. And then they hung up on me. <laughs> I guess like, they hung up on yeah, you. They, they just hung up. <laughs> and like, I was like, all right, cool. And and it just it kind of goes to show you like how little respected cooks are. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that and you know the, the tip kind of stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I don't know that. But that whole Splinter and Wand thing was. Re- and then what's up with the closing of it? Um, I, for, what, what all did the I, sign say? I have no idea. All I know is that people were like the staff found out like the day, day before of. or something or day of. Yeah, um, like really. That's the only reason why I brought it up because they found out. There, there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of rumors on Seattle Foodies and a lot of rumors on Reddit. Reddit, um, yeah. I kind of, I kind of, I don't want to spread anything because I don't yeah, really remember are, the story. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of employee, employees found out, like like I did, you know that that one day. Um, and and that's always shitty. But uh, but yeah, and you know it's it's um, but but I guess there was this. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to speculate. Um, well, I, th- I think that's one of the I big think things. That's called word on the street, Sid. Yeah. <laughs> what is that word on the street segments? Yeah. Is yeah. that wrong with word that, on the street? <laughs> is that just a way to lie? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like, uh, Buckshot Honey actually serves dog. I mean, that's word on the street. You can't see me. <laughs> Yo, man. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, as somebody who has consumed dog, it's not bad. Yeah, I had a little dog one time. <laughs> but I think, I think it is important that for this podcast, we don't speculate or, like, you know, right. no, yeah, and um, things like that. Yeah, that's, for sure. That's harmful, for sure. Hey, uh, let's, let's take a look at my list, see what, um, what was awesome. Hey, so I went to the Santa Fe, New Mexico restaurant um, on Holman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Listen, like you know what you're gonna get, right? Like it's it's not it's it's always amazing. It's always just like that restaurant Mexican food. It's not Azteca. like Azteca. It's Azteca. Yeah, yeah. It's Azteca. It's like, but but like I went there for one reason. Like we had dinner, and then my favorite thing in the world is fried ice cream. And uh, and at some point on this podcast, we'll talk about authentic and and what people are going for and stuff like that. But but it's funny because in St. Louis, Missouri, um, I'm already alienating our, our audience. Um, but uh, but there's a restaurant called Casillardo, and they had these amazing fried ice creams. Where I remember like growing up, like I would talk to the servers about it, and they're like, "Yeah, we deep fr- like we we deep freeze it and we wrap it up and and literally fry it for like three seconds." Where I feel like that's kind of gone now, and like a lot of these fried ice creams are just like rolled in like. Oh, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Has anyone had fried ice cream? Yeah, I love sushi. Does it down on South? Do they Union. literally fry it like in? in like uh, they a, used to. I've I don't know. Never I had fried. Ice I haven't cream. been in like since like my early twenties. So got it. Okay, I, I feel like they need to bring that back. Mm-hmm. Fried ice cream needs to needs to come back in a big way. Um, Sounds like you should do it. All right. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Is that some county fair stuff or? It sounds like no, a pain it's, you don't it like does, fried butter and all that. It sounds like that, but it's not. All it's right. like because uh, usually like whatever they coat it in is is relatively clean. You know what I mean? It's not like. Right. Butter, yeah, <laughs> like deep fried Oreos. <laughs> um, cool. Right on. Um, well, let's let's. Uh, you, so I think we should. Uh, you want to talk about some funny stories? Did, did oh, you God. bring one? Uh, you know what? I'd love to hear. You know what? My favorite stories is um, is how you got the name of Buckshot Honey. All right. Um, so back when I was a kid, uh, so I was born in Inglewood. My dad's side of the family worked for Hughes Aircraft. And, um, but I, I spent my school years in, uh, the South with my mom in St. Petersburg, Florida. And 
she was more like came from hillbillies. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of family in West Virginia, and these were some pretty cool ladies. Um, my aunt Thelma, and I had an aunt Louise as well. Shut up. That's what, there was an aunt Audrey too, but she passed pretty early on. But uh, my grandma and my mom would take me to West Virginia to meet these old relatives. Um, the men were gone, like either dead from the war or abusive and drunk and kicked out. So it was literally just like generations of women living in this old house on the edge of Appalachia and no shit. It was right next to a, a in Western West Virginia. Most of the economy comes from a lunatic asylum. And uh, so there's a lunatic asylum involved <laughs> in this community. But uh, I was hanging out with my Aunt Thelma. She was and my Aunt Louise. They were in their 80s. And they ironed bed sheets for a living. I remember their hands just being super crooked fingers and callous just from a lifetime of working. They had a little garden. And uh, my Aunt Louise told me that they were going to go out and get some dinner. A couple hours later, my Aunt Thelma came back with a uh, – they, they made their own clothes. So these are like white dresses but she had a 410 shotgun Those and, are and a grip of squirrels <laughs> and uh she cooked me this amazing appalachian meal with like cornbread collard greens all that but anyway there's a uh the she served the squirrel hole on the plate so you could see exactly what it was and i started getting into it and it was it was fucking delicious Whoa. and uh but there was an empty bowl in the middle of the table i'm like is there gonna be soup like what's the bowl <laughs> for you know and she very lovingly put her arm around me, and she goes, that's for the buckshot, honey. Holy and, shit. Um, that's beautiful. It's a, such an amazing name. And so, yeah, we started, like, spitting our, the you know, the shotgun pellets, buckshot, yeah. into the bowl. <laughs> and actually, this story, I had no idea, was an unusual story. And I think it was the night we were cooking for a benefit for Richard Sherman at um, – quality athletics oh, and cool. it was like brian o'connor and uh josh henderson and a bunch of other chefs and we had like a little in-between slot and you know josh is always like hey man why don't we go around in a circle and talk about something we love or you know <laughs> like yeah you know uh <laughs> your favorite child yeah um but uh you know they're like why don't we talk about our most memorable meal and i told this story and uh then I looked at everybody, and a couple of their mouths were open, and then, and, and they're like, "Dude, you gotta name your first restaurant Buckshot Honey." For sure. Dave. So, Dang, that came out real natural. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool, you know. Um, it feels like I'm doing something honest and yeah. from the heart, oh, and yeah. I'm definitely passionate about it, and I'm not trying to be something I'm not. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it feels right. That that's yeah. It's um, you know, I I I, uh, I feel like I kind of found something similar with Kutu, like. I feel like even with the last restaurant I, I, I owned, um, the last restaurant group, like, I felt like I was always, like, kind of answering to other people, even though I was the owner, you know, and, like, and, like, I was just trying really hard. I think, like, the gastropub thing was kind of big, and I was just, like, I feel like I was trying too hard, you know, and, and I feel like we could, too. It's, like, it's so me. Um, I'm just, I'm really happy where I'm at, uh, and it's, it's a great feeling. I'm, I'm really stoked that you, you found that for yourself, too. Um, it's really funny with Dave. Uh, when do you think we worked at Skillet together? Uh, 12 maybe 13 12 years ago well no, I'm no, no 2013 okay. so, I, I should preface i'm so bad at dates um but uh but we were just completely wrecked raging alcoholics back then yeah um, and uh wrecked. and uh, going back to the pirate thing like 
I think the biggest thing about street food people is we can totally operate drunk as shit from seven in the morning till ten p.m. doing a double it. and kill it and go as fast as fuck. Like yeah. stopping by like road beers at seven in the morning. Like, and it just it's um. And the other thing about the pirate thing is is we make we were kind of it was a is an innovative time for tips. Um, because this is kind of before there was like a, a screen everywhere. Like, so you tipped at restaurants and then, um, at food trucks, it was kind of a questionable thing. Like you got, you got imagine this was, you know, 15 years ago, 14 years ago when there was no food truck. So like, I think we were averaging about 10%, which was awesome. Um, cause as cooks, we never made tips before. Right. So like we just got our flat. So like, this was the first time we made cash money, you know? Um, and, and, you know, for a cook to make an extra, I don't remember, we were making like maybe 60 to 80 bucks a day, maybe a hundred some good days. Yeah. Um, that's a new thing for me. Well, it depends you know, like, if we stopped by cash and carry and picked up our own water to sell. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Move, dude, not, <laughs> yeah, man, Costco water. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did not know about that move. Um, that's uh, the move. That's not, that's like the best margin in the industry. <laughs> totally, dude. Wait, you mean you sold cash and carry waters out of your pocket for and you kept the money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean like that, but yeah. Well, we would go to, you know, they would send you off with Fresca and maybe some soda. But, oh. but, but all day, like the beer festival in Seattle People Center, they'd be like, are you selling water? And we're like, no, they didn't br- They didn't tell us tell to us bring stuff. water. And then one day we're like stuck in traffic. They're like, we should get some fucking water. Wow. Like, side so, hustle? Yeah, yeah. And so we'd be like slinging water on the side. Have you have you ever scammed a restaurant you worked at? or, or uh... Uh, Well, I'm a barista, so... <laughs> Uh, I know a lot of people who scam cafes, and I know like how to do it, but I don't. How do you do it? I can't say, man. Okay, I'm gonna say how you do it. <laughs> okay, so well, I don't, I don't know if it's the same with baristas, but I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, fuck, I don't remember. I only in, know because like from a corporate level, we had to like crack down on people. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so in in St. Louis, Missouri, I was a bartender at Buffalo Wild. Or sorry, uh, I I ended up being a bartender, but for a while I was a server. Um, at at in St. Louis, Missouri. And when you walk into Buffalo Wild Wings in St. Louis, Missouri, um, you don't want to see a brown like skater dude, right? Like it, it, it's similar to Hooters. I, mean, I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it's similar to Hooters, and it was you know like the early two thousands. So people just would literally say like, "Hey, I, I don't want you to serve me." Like, can, can holy I get... shit, are you no, serious? It was St. Louis in like the early two thousands. Like I this still... is this is after nine eleven. So it's like you know it's it's, uh, oh. it's you know it's, yeah. it was a little bit different time. That shit um, spiked for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Still. So, Jesus so people were just like, "Oh, can I get her? Can I get her?" Um, and I remember like on Tuesdays they had this like nineteen cent wing thing or something like that. So like these group of garbage men, like forty of them, fifty of them, come in, and they would all get like you know x amount of wings and like a soda. Um, and when the chick would serve them, they'd always tip her like you know five bucks each, two bucks each. With me, it just zero tip, you know. And and so what I realized I could do was. I would ring in their wings that the ticket would go to the kitchen and then ring in their soda, like a buck 19, two bucks, something like that. Maybe it's like, yeah, it's like two fifty. And so, and then I would print out the receipt. Then I take that soda transfer it to the next check and just basically transfer that. soda. you can't do that with alcohol. Cause like, that's too obvious, but no, right, one's, right. no one's like scamming sodas, but like for 50 people, I would just bring Move in that. one soda oh my gosh. and then everyone pay cash. And I could just make an extra two fifty off of everyone. Um, and I didn't fucking feel bad about that at all. Cause, yeah, it's fucking Buffalo Wild Wings, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that was a good scam for a while. Um, and and uh, and yeah, but man, selling waters out skillet, nice. Well, it it came back to bite me in the ass when I was uh, well, not so there was this kid, uh, he worked at the Safeco Great State, and I loved him to death. His name was Rashani, 
and uh the one night uh you know after the eighth inning you stop selling food yeah so i'd be like all right guys if you guys want to take some food home oh no you know like you're flirting with like one of the baseball girls um you know you want to hook her up with the cheeseburger go for it Uh, because it's it's all gonna go in the garbage you know from this point on which is the easiest way to get a number totally give a girl a cheeseburger but uh and too little too late man i wish i knew (laughs) but anyway so we're all got our backs turned scrubbing grills and shit i'm like where's wasani and i see him out in this crowd of people and so i walk over to him because he's on the clock he's supposed to be helping i'm like wasani what are you doing and he turns around he's like Cheeseburgers, fries, five dollars a pie. You know, oh like, my what God. are you doing, man? You can't do that. He's like, oh well, you know, they're just gonna get thrown out. I'm like, that's a good point, and I respect your hustle, but you can't. <laughs> you know, you can't just walk around yeah. here now, with cheeseburgers and- in your armpits trying to fucking sell for now, five now, bucks a pot. But go to Cash and Carry, get a bunch of waters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Let me show you how this is done with some. <laughs> it's always, it's always like a young kid who like. Kind of gets it, but mostly doesn't. Yeah, right. That'll kind of. Yeah. I love that kid, man. I don't. No, I think they're smarter than. I think they got it. They're just totally plain dumb. Oh yeah, because I think that's what He's I was just testing boundaries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I was working at Starbucks when they changed the policy of uh, at the end of the day. So at the end of the day, if the sandwiches are quote unquote expired, you could take them home. Yeah. But they changed that policy because everyone was hiding sandwiches from the managers. Oh, to so wait then, till they expired. And, yeah. yeah. So at the end of the day, they would like have they would take home like twenty sandwiches because that that used to be my lunch for college. <laughs> like I'll take yeah. like. All the expired ones, we take them home, because our manager sucked. So right. she'd be like, "Oh, how many did you guys throw out?" We throw out two. We'd be like, uh, "16, like six, yeah. yeah." And so like whatever. And so we ended up taking a lot of sandwiches home every day for college, saving us money as much money as you can. Starbucks sandwiches. Hell yeah! They cracked what, down on us what, super uh, hard. What What does Starbucks not want you to know? How long did you work at Starbucks? I worked on and off. So I worked like two years beginning of college, and then like, um, like eight months during grad school. So I mean I don't I'm I'm hoping you're not planning on going back anytime soon. Is no. it, what uh, <laughs> what do they not want you to know? I don't know. Uh, I think they're. Uh, let's see. What's a well? I didn't I didn't learn this until later. But like they basically don't offer. So like in the coffee world, you can send out green coffee, unroasted coffee, and get it scored. Right. So we all generally like if I were to talk to another roaster and be like, Hey, yo, can I, can I get a sample of your coffee? Cause it's something I might want to purchase later. They probably hook me up. Cause you only need like a hundred grams to sample these coffees, right. but Starbucks does not release any of that. They might say they do or whatever, but they don't. And none of their coffees are you're allowed to score because it's all like proprietary things and right. all sorts of stuff. So in the grand scheme, everyone's like Starbucks blonde light roast, you know, like, Arabica specialty coffee, but like if we were to like literally do it side by side, I can almost guarantee that no Q grader, which is like a coffee som, would grade them above like a seventy five or something <laughs> a like coffee that. Coffee, a Q grader. Yeah, Q, Q graders are like the coffee equivalent of a sommelier. Oh, okay, you know? but I think they're. It's weird that people are like, I love Starbucks because that's like. Choosing Starbucks over like a good specialty coffee place is being like, I would rather get my steak at Applebee's. Right. You're like, yeah, yeah. Why? If you're paying the, <laughs> in, our, in our industry, if you're paying the same price, why are you getting a worse thing? Is I, I don't know. Is is coffee at a at a small uh uh coffee shop about the same as Starbucks? I don't I don't drink price coffee. wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we have to compete. Got it. So right. like, I probably pay more than triple for raw coffee. Right. Than what they would pay. I mean, obviously scale matters, but. Uh, we have to we have to compete, so our prices are a little higher, but not 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 equivalently higher. That's right? crazy. 
Yeah, that's just the way it is with coffee. Do you if buy you coffee at Starbucks, Sid? I've, I don't drink coffee. Oh, shit. Yeah. This, it's funny because, like, I just understand, like, with a small business, um, like any small restaurant, that you're expected to pay more. It's um, And, and to go back uh, to why we started this um, podcast, you know, like, it's funny. I uh, segue. Yeah, right? No, um, solid. <laughs> Really well, is. It's all together. But um <laughs> but uh <laughs> fuck you. Um <laughs> first no, of all, yeah, yeah. Um so so I remember uh a big thing for me, uh there's a Seattle Foodies um Facebook group. Um and ninety five percent of it is like, hey, like where's a good Mexican restaurant in Kirkland or like, you know, just stuff like that. But then now and then you'll see something um that's you know, like, oh man, I I went to this bon Me place and uh, it, it, now bon Me's are seven bucks. Like this is bullshit, you know? And, and um, that's kind of what started the whole conversation. Like right before I started Kutu, I costed my shit out. Like I'm a single father. I can only work certain days out of the week. And I kind of did a, some rough math. I go, cool. I got to charge 17 bucks for my entree. Like it's not even the food cost. It's just, just what I need to make. Cause this is not a hobby. This is my job. Like this is how I pay my rent, blah, blah, blah. Feed the kids. I, yeah. And um, so so I posted on Seattle Foodies. I go, hey, I'm about to start a food cart. My shit's going to be 17 bucks. Um, and I just keep on looking at these comments. They're like, oh, 12 bucks is too much for a burrito. Blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm just going to be honest. I'm a little nervous. Because like. Wait, is this a. This, this is like. This a, is a um, message board on Facebook. But it's not. Is it an industry people? Or is no, it no. Like this everybody. Is everybody. And you participate in those? I, I participate in them because for, for advertising. Oh, for advertising, yeah, I guess. so so you, I I don't uh, to be honest, I don't really use Facebook that much. But like with the Wu Tang dinner or could yeah. do, anything, you can kind of they don't really want you advertising on there. Sure. But like something like the Wu Tang dinner is a great way to target. I don't know, there's a shit ton of people on there. Um, so anyway, so so I just was very honest, and I wasn't trying to promote my business. I was, like I don't even think I mentioned the name of the cart. I was just like, this is fucking crazy. And I said some, I said lines like, dude, I'm stuck between. Like I was talking about break-ins. My last company. One of the a big factor in me selling it was just we got broken into all the time. Like and I was just like it was this constant thing of like building fences and doing all this shit. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. I just want to cook. Um so I uh I, I just kind of explained it and I got amazing feedback. I got like and then people were like, Oh, what's the name of it? And like, so that's why I just got all these ads on Instagram and like so it turns out people aren't assholes, they wanna understand. Um and I think that's the whole reason for this podcast. Like I don't um, you know, I was on the cover of the Seattle Times, like kind of talking about like, hey, the reason why food costs is expensive right now is because everything costs more money. Like if your rent went up, we got to pay cooks so they can live in the same places, you know, and and it just I think um, I have a lot of frustration with um, just, you know, like stuff like uh, the margins with beer and food, like how people just accept a beer should be. I don't how much how much do you charge for a beer at, at Buckshot? Eight. Eight bucks. Um, would you mind sharing what the margin on that is? I don't have that off the top you know, of my head, man. Um, but but way crazier than food. Like food. Yeah, I mean, uh, Snoqualmie is a. Uh, you know, I don't know if we get charged a little bit more for deliveries because of being in the mountains. Sure, or sure, not, sure. But, yeah. um, but there are charges for right. delivery, and uh, I only get deliveries because I am so far out there with um, beer twice a week. Right, right. So it's a little tricky, but um, I mean. It's all local. I could go drive and get it if yeah, I yeah. had the time. But, but um, I, I think, I mean, my, my point is, it's just like there's this, this understanding that like, okay, well, beers are eight bucks at, at, at a bar. Like, I'm totally fine with that. But then when you see people bitch like, oh, a bon me went from like six bucks to eight bucks. Like, it's just this crazy thing. I just feel food is like a little more, I don't want, I mean, may not disrespected, but I think just because like it's so easy to get food from a grocery store. Like, that's, a, they're like, well, 
if, if it costs this much at a grocery store, this is how much it costs at a restaurant yeah. without factoring in <laughs> everything the, the, the 98% other things and um so yeah i think i think the whole point of this podcast is to not be a dick about it but just kind of share experiences um you know i think early in my career i was a dick i, I we were going to talk about you know, reviews at some point but like i would respond to him i was a fucking asshole like I, and and i and, literally have people come into buckshot honey and they just they're like are you dave and i'm like yeah they're like dude we were cracking up last night reading your one star reviews like you you go after them, and I'm like, yeah, man, this is a whole different world we're in now. Yeah, it, it, I, I think. Do you think that's because of the quarantine? Do you think after lockdown, we well, were number to be one? A I think honest? anybody who, like, I literally go around and touch every table. I'm like, how is everything? And every, you know, if, if unless you tell me then that there's a problem, I think it's ridiculous. You know, it's just some weird, yeah, like, like how can power ego yeah. thing that you get home and like, oh man, I can't wait to get home, put on my Donald Trump slippers, <laughs> <laughs> and give this guy a one star yeah. review. You know, and, and you know, I literally responded to it, like this guy's like, restaurant looks like it was decorated by a five year old. <laughs> the owner's i the owner's IQ is below fifty for sure. He's an idiot. You know, and then he's Jesus. like. Dude? Oh yeah, I know they're brutal, but you know that could have to do with um, that. I actually followed the mandates, you know, right. sure, and, sure, sure. and made people show me their vaccine cards. And I don't take shit, right. like you know, like I have families with their children who come in. Like I had this little boy draw me a picture. It says, "I love you, barbecue day." <laughs> you know, and so if if some guy comes walking in and wants to treat me and my employees like crap. Get out, man. Yeah, uh, we're we're not here for this, and I I do have a great strong customer base, right? And so I don't I don't need you. Do you feel like before your owner, when you came into these situations, you couldn't say anything? Do you feel like now that yeah, you're the man, owner, I was you terrified because yeah. I I signed the lease February 2020, and then the pandemic oh, hit in March, yeah. so I was already oh, scared, yeah, yeah. dude. And, to, then, yeah, yeah. and yeah. then people are like, "We're gonna boycott you because yeah. you you know are following scientific whatever," right, you yeah. know, like. And I know you're a fucking liberal, you know. And shit. <laughs> dude, I had people put uh, swastikas on my restaurant, like shit. stickers. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah right. Um, <laughs> you were like, "Oh, thanks. I saved money on decoration." <laughs> now it looks like it was decorated by a 14 year old. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you see a Stussy logo in there too. Yeah. But you know, I did during that time. You know, all this was like new ground for everybody. Right. And the community's like, what is this guy doing in this 100-year-old thing? Oh, oh, he's using local products, local ranchers, local bakers. Like, he's really trying hard. Food's pretty damn good. Yep. Um, and uh, he's, you know, working his way around these obstacles the best he can. And I started gaining this support in the community, and that gave me some confidence. Right. And then it's like, all right, now I have some regulars. I'm not going to let somebody come in here and refuse to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. If right. you can't follow a simple instruction, sure. like now I'm protecting my community right. and 100%. my employees. Yeah. And so, yeah. And once you get into a protection mode, yeah, yeah. you know, it's kind of like the old mama bear saying, exactly. it's like, dude, get out. If you can't yeah. follow these simple instructions, I, I'm not here. I don't make the rules and I'm not here to make sure you understand them. Right. Like we're all in the same boat. It's, it's funny. Do you think, um, cause I do feel like after lockdown, a lot has changed, obviously, but um, with restaurants, I feel like before, like, do you think it's just the hospitality industry where, like, we're just used to taking shit? Like, are we just, like, are we just supposed to always take shit and that's why 
just until recently we're kind of just fed up with it. And well, I think you're I think you're almost required to by your bosses, right? right? So yeah. like your boss is like, well, make them happy, right? Make them happy, and it comes at your the expense of your happiness. Sure. And so like when that gets perpetuated, all you're doing is enabling people, right? And so like, oh well, if I complain enough, then I'll get free shit. Sure. And so that's just perpetually happening. And I, I mean that probably still happens at. Fucking David Buster's and Applebee's yeah. and, and all that shit. Where yeah. if you complain enough, you'll get a gift card and a hat. Um, I want a hat. Let's go. Let's go to David Buster's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a DMB hat, dude. <laughs> uh, the the chicken tenders weren't as good as the fish. Uh, free hat, please. <laughs> <laughs> right away, right away, Mister Lim. Um, well, fuck yeah. I, I think this is going pretty well. You think we start to continue? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should press record now. <laughs> uh, fuck. Um, well, yeah. So, so moving forward, I guess I should uh, uh, wrap this up and kind of tell you what the plan for this podcast is. Um, every other week, we're gonna have the three of us on, and we'll have a guest, and we'll have a very specific topic. We'll we'll start the show off with talking about restaurants we ate at and any fun anecdotes, and then we'll talk with the guest about a specific topic. And then after that, every other week, uh, I'm going to try to do something fun called Short Eats. Short Eats is basically uh, what appetizers are called in Sri Lanka, and um, I always love that name. And uh, so so we're going to do like little five, ten minute uh, interviews uh, with people all around the industry uh, telling funny stories from their jobs. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to Seattle Restaurant Podcast. Any final words? Go get them. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. I, I think that's our uh, that's gonna be our shirt. Anything else to add? <laughs> Go get them. I have nothing else to add. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out.